that we're having concerning the ministry of deliverance is locked in a homonym. For those of you that are watching, a homonym means the word sounds the same, but doesn't mean the same thing. An example would be the word pool. The word pool is like a pool game, but at the same time, carpool. Or maybe you mean pool as in swimming. It's a homonym. I think what we're, what we're battling is uh, a war of etymology, I think, the, which is the origin of words. Let me emphatically say here, for like the millionth time, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. Those of you that are watching me, say it with me. A Christian cannot be demon-possessed. Now, why am I saying that with a little bit of snarky sarcasm? It's because we have been saying this from day one, and for some reason, either your listeners or viewers or Christians, either they don't want to hear us saying that because they have an issue with the ministry of deliverance, or maybe they can't hear because Jesus said, quoting a prophecy of Isaiah, they have ears and cannot hear. Let me say it again. Myself, the demon slayer. All right. Hi there. This is Prophet Jay and Holy Spirit Reality Ministries is on the air. I just want to say we are going to be doing a reaction video to Apostle Alexander Pagani, who has stated emphatically that a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. And so I want to review that statement. I want to review that through the teaching of the scripture, scriptures, sola scriptura, as we are here, it begins and ends with the Bible. Don't forget, if you're here for the first time, to please remember to like, subscribe, and share. And don't forget to leave a comment about the content that you're hearing. It helps me make better videos. It helps me do things better as I'm working these out and making video, videos that are appealing and you all like to listen to. All right, so let's get started reviewing this video with Alexander Pagani, Apostle. I want to honor him today. I want to make sure that I give him full honor for all of his, the work that he's done and the books he's written and everything he's talked about. It's uh, amazing, the body of work that he and the rest of his um, ministry has done. So I fully want to make sure that I give him that honor. But at the same time, being in a ministry myself, I have some other. I have some thoughts about some of the things that have been said, and I want to review this against what he has said, and I want to see, and we want to see where and if we part ways. So I believe you're going to be surprised, and um, let's get to it. All right, we're going to go through one more um, snippet from the interview. This interview, by the way, is from Charisma News. The full interview is uh, linked in the description. You can hear all of it, the whole entire interview. So go ahead down there and click that link after the video, obviously. <laughs> and we can, and you can compare some things to some things and I said. God some is things using. Said. All right. But it's, it's not, we're not saying a Christian can be demon possessed. So when we say, when we say, possess we're not saying owned by when we say possess we we mean as in having mm -hmm. an example is let me give you an analogy every house has a spider all right so 
If you want to go on and listen to him explain uh, his analogy, you can go ahead and listen to the rest of the art, um, not article, the video. But what I want to do is go through, I'm going to give you four reasons I, I believe a Christian can be demon-possessed. But I will explain that as we go along. So, first and foremost, let's go to our verses here because we're going to talk about a few. Some of them I will have on the screen. Some of them you can have to look up. They all will be in the description, uh, the ones that I've used today. So this is the first verse that I want to give, Ephesians chapter 4. And I want to take this in two contexts. One is the context in the scripture that it's written, which I haven't given you the full context, so you can look this up and read it. And it says, Neither give place to the devil. I want to give context to this verse in the context of the scriptures that it was written. And also, I want to give a context in the command that it is. And like Paul likes to do in the context of what he's talking about, he inserts a statement that could stand alone as a command, and that is the context of this command, that you're not to give place to the devil. It's just not referring to wrath or a demon of wrath. That's not what it's trying to talk about, and that's wrath is not even a demon. Now, wrath can, rage can be a demon, but we're not going in that direction as far as our conversation here. We're just talking about this particular verse in the context it's given and as a command as it's given. So let's take a look at this. It says, neither give place to the devil. Now, understanding this command as it stands by itself, we must understand we must understand this that Paul gave it for a reason. God gives it to us through Paul for a reason. It must mean that a place can be given if we're commanded not to give a place. Now, that would make full and complete sense. So, neither give place to the devil. So, obviously Paul was admonishing the Ephesians, telling them, don't give a place to the devil. Not in this context with wrath, but not in any other context as well. So that Hi there, this is, is Prophet Jay, and if you like what you've been hearing so far, don't forget to like, subscribe, and click that little bell so you'll get all the notifications of everything we publish. If Thank there you. is a place that can be given to the devil, then how does he get in? This is a question that we must ask ourselves. Based on that, we must realize that the devil has the ability to get into our temple because a place can be given to him. We just read the scripture, don't give a place to him, so he must be able to get a place. Take a look at 1 Corinthians 3.17. It says, if any man defile his temple, God will defile him. The word defile in that verse is the same for defile the temple, any man defile it, and God defiling it. If you continue to defile your temple, even after being a Christian, God will give you over to a depraved mind. He will give you over to your own lust and all those things. And that's exactly what that verse is referring to if you look back to Romans chapter 1. And you can read that. For yourself to see how that correlates. And so based on those things, we know that the temple of God can be defiled. The temple of God is you, okay? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit according to 
1 Corinthians 6, 19. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit dwells within you. Okay? And you can defile your temple. How do we defile our temple? Let's give an example. Like you go out and you look at porn. If you are a Christian, I know I've heard so many Christians say, I have an addiction to porn. Now, if you have an addiction to porn, you've got something else on board and you need to get deliverance. But that's beside the point. The point is you defiled your temple by willfully sinning. Now, the temple can be defiled many other ways. Sometimes it's things that happen to us that we have no control over. And therefore, we must get cleaned by the Holy Spirit and by deliverance. So we understand this, that the temple can be defiled. And if any man defiles the temple, whether it's you or someone else doing it to you, then it needs to have the process. That's why deliverance is so important. So now the next question we have to ask ourselves, how can the Holy Spirit dwell in us and a demon too? Because that's interesting. We have know that the devil can have a place. We know that we can be defiled. And how can the demon and the Holy Spirit dwell in the same house? How can it dwell in the same vessel? Okay, let's start with Matthew 8. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, saying he himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Now we know that Jesus' death on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection is what has cleansed us. It has cleansed us from our sin. It and according to the scriptures, he bore our infirmities and our sicknesses. Therefore, we are receiving healing physically from Jesus. And this is what marked and denoted his ministry. Jesus came preaching repentance. He called his disciples. He prayed, He preached the salvation. He preached the gospel. And he healed the sick. And he drove out demons. So we know that all the things that Jesus did, he did when he died on the cross. He made them together with us so that when he left here, he gave us his power so we could carry on his ministry. Okay? And that keeps that going. But we have to understand what exactly happened with that. Let's look at the next verse. Let's think about this. Okay, so Jesus healed this woman. But how did he heal her? The virtue of Jesus came out and touched. She touched the hem of his garment. And the virtue came out and it healed her. So when Jesus' virtue comes into you, and you become a Christian because that's what happens when you become a Christian. Jesus comes and lives in you because Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He said in Galatians 2.20, he said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who died and gave himself for me. In fact, Paul says, I died. And Jesus now lives in me. If Jesus now lives in you, and the virtue of Jesus is within you, then how can disease or sickness live in your body? I imagine you still get sick. I know I just got over being, just over COVID, which I did a video on, and you can check out in our other, uh, in our videos. I did a whole video on that, how God sent his angels to heal me, and how he revealed himself to me as healer. Now, all that being said, I still got COVID. 
I got Jesus living in me, but yet a disease came, a virus came and lived in me. So based on that, if a virus and a disease can live in me, even though that the sacrifice that Christ gave me on the cross gave me healing because he bore all, all, the, the, remember, all is all in the Bible. There's no Greek or Hebrew word for meaning any different than all. It means all. All my sicknesses and my infirmities. Therefore, oops, therefore, I can be indwelt or I can have a virus. Okay? So that stands to reason that if a virus can dwell in the same temple as the Holy Ghost, even though I have the virtue of Jesus within me, which should heal me, I can still be sick. And there's many wonderful, loving Christians that die from cancer, as unfortunate as that is. Last point. Are you are demon-possessed if you have a demon that has come in and defiled your temple for some reason that you have done something, or you have a generational curse, or for many other reasons? And here's why. It's not possessed just like Pastor Pagani, or Apostle Pagani said in the last statement we looked at, is you are not possessed in the way that we use the term possessed in the church. See, this is where the problem lies. Many of the people who don't support um, deliverance say that a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. Now we've already made we've already shown you that he can it says give no place he can have a place. It says you can defile your temple, your temple can become defiled through one one way or another, either by you or someone else. We have de determined that sickness can live in the body with the Holy Spirit, so therefore a demon can too. And then thir the last point is yes, you are demon-possessed, but not in the way that the word is used in the church today. Because when people say demon-possessed, they mean owned by or controlled by. And no, we are not saying that. So if you hear a churchy person use the term, oh, you can't be demon-possessed, they are right and wrong in that statement. And so one thing you have to remember is that if the demon comes and dwells in you if it gets to be a stronghold and then a strong man and then it gets a legal right that demon can stay until it is cast out and according to the scriptures we went over this we saw this and here i'm going to give you an example from the scriptures the fact that the scriptures refer to it this way as well. They do not say possessed. In some translations they do. But mostly, and if you go back to the King James, and if you look at Mark one you'll see where it says, there was a man in the temple and he had an unclean spirit. You possess the unclean spirit. He is indwelt in you. He is in you. Now, how do I know that the demon is in you? Okay, this is another question. Because the demon speaks out of you. The demon can't speak out of you if it's not in you. The demon doesn't speak in your ear and it comes out your mouth. It comes out from inside of you. So this is how the possession is. And the demon doesn't have you own you, but he possesses a room. 
He possesses a place. He possesses a place in your soul or in your flesh or somewhere in there. He's got some type of stronghold or legal right to be there. And he must be, through the process of inner healing and deliverance, driven out. There are too many Christians today that are what the Bible calls demonized. And the only process, the only way to get free from that is through deliverance. So I want to thank you all for being here. I hope you've enjoyed this video. I want you to know that I love you all. I love the body of Christ. God bless you. If you want deliverance, contact our ministry, prophetjd777 at gmail.com. I will hook you up. Jesus is trying to get her bride purified for his coming. God bless you. Remember, I love you. I love the body of Christ.